0: Welcome to Traditionally Talking, the podcast of the Federation of Victorian Traditional Owner Corporations. I'm your host, journalist Charles Parkiner, and in this podcast we yarn with traditional owners from across the state about some of the amazing work being undertaken to care for and connect with country, build stronger culture and communities, and much more. The Federation of Victorian Traditional Owner Corporations acknowledges all traditional owners across the land now known as Victoria. We pay respect to their connection to land, waters,
1: culture and law and to elders past, present and those who will
0: lead in years to come. I'm joined today by Kath Koff and her daughter Maya Koff, both Yorta Yorta women from the Naldarun Education Aboriginal Corporation, which operates out of Castle, Maine on Jar, Jar country. It's an organisation that's been doing amazing work since it kick-started about 12 years ago. And Kath, first of all, welcome to you and thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thank you very
2: much for having me.
0: And Maya, you as well. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much. Appreciate it.
0: Kath, we'll start with you because we need to step back in time 12 years and get a bit of an idea of the why and the wherefore and the reason for the formation of Nalda So
2: it took a bit of time, but we knew we had to do something where if we... We realised if we didn't do something to um, to bring country and culture in for our kids, then um, we were worried a lot of our kids were going to end up in the penal system. So we realised it was up to us to make the change.
0: So this was driven by a need to address concerns for the youth in the area.
2: Yeah, and yeah, or oh, young people. Yeah. yeah, And that was with um, Uncle Rick Nelson, Annie Julie McHale, Annie Kerry Douglas, and a lot of our, our allies that have been supporting, especially Uncle Rick and Uncle Brian Nelson, for many, many years. So the first... The thing we started running was the meeting place, and that used to be after school. But we realised, no, this is important, and it's not just an after-school activity. This is teaching, at it's uh, for our kids, uh, the most important teaching. So we, once a fortnight, started the meeting place where we took our kids out of school and taught them about culture and
0: country. And when you were taking the young people out of school, from what classes are we talking about, all the way through primary and secondary?
2: Originally, at the beginning, it was. And then um, when our programs, I suppose we changed it up for what our kids felt that they needed. So it was more like me and Macy's primary school and then we have other programs for secondary school.
0: And some of the programs that Mayor and I were speaking about previously were including of a, a youth leadership. Is it fair to call it the youth leadership yeah, program? absolutely.
1: It's the First Nations Youth Leadership Program.
0: So Mayor, tell us a bit about that.
1: So the leadership program started um, a few years ago. It was created with um, myself and Alan. It's now grown to include more First Nations youth leaders and is going on to then include some young people who are in school. We started off the program because we had... Coolie Business, which was men's business, we had Warak, which is women's non-binary business, and yep. we had the meeting place. They all existed outside of school, which is, you know, is valid and important in its own right. There were students that were being missed, however, because they weren't able to leave school because they were working on study in other senses in the education system. We wanted them to not be left out and to still have that cultural component while they were studying.
0: I've noticed both of you have made good mention of the term allies and it seems that allies are playing an important part in Naldoran. Kath, when did allies start becoming so important in the organisation itself?
2: Probably from the very beginning. Naldoran actually means altogether. Other people mightn't agree with us, but there's too few of us trying to make big change, and big change for all kids. And But, you know, I'll be honest, especially ours, yeah. Bob. Yeah. And the only way forward, especially in, um, while they're at school and we wanting to get through feeling proud and deadly for who they are, is to include other people in that. We couldn't function without them.
0: Now, three years ago, I think it was three years ago, there was the decision to bring in a horticultural component to this. It was seen as being important to provide a cultural connection through a connection to land. Kath, tell us how this started up and what were the goals?
2: Culture and country is everything for our kids and we realised that this was the place that... It's most important. If we can get our kids working out on country and that's what they wanted, we we listen a lot to our kids and what they what they're wanting it to look like. So yeah, we'd already been doing a program with this an out of a wraparound service for SBAT where our kids go into traineeships out with a whole heap of other stakeholders.
0: Sorry, SBAT, you mentioned SBAT? School
2: based training and apprenticeship. Right. In yep. horticulture. <laughs> yep. And so our grant, I suppose we did it differently. So yes, we wanna we would love to sell produce to Make a living, we don't want to always be grant based. We're proud about being self determined and, and want to move forward with eventually getting off it. But at the same point, feel it's really important to do what the kids are wanting. So, hence why we're doing you know horticulture and bush tucker is like everything. And so, when we brought the lamb back recently with the help of allies, so when I'm talking about allies, we believe we've all got learning to do to try and work in this two world, two space, coming together place. So, any ally that works with us has to have done training prior.
0: We are talking about, well, you mentioned getting the land back. So now this started a few years ago. I believe you went through a crowdfunding exercise, once again supported by allies. So what was involved there and how much land was actually brought back?
2: Well, it was land that Uncle Rick, um, I remember, there's a beautiful big ancestor tree or grandmother tree there and um, he sort of took me there one time and, he doesn't say a lot. He's a bit like his uh, father. But when he says stuff, it's, it's strong and, yeah. and it's meaningful. And he sort of goes, I'll leave you have a moment with us. sis as he's walking, walking me past the tree. And then me and a, another an ally, we said, do you realise this land's private land in the middle of all this parks land? And I said, what if we could buy it back? He goes, come on! I said, "Well, we could just try." So anyway, we tried, and we didn't get a grant. And then our allies were actually the ones because we didn't f- we didn't feel comfortable asking for money. It felt like a bit like a shame job for us to be yeah, totally of honest. Course. So it was allies, and we ended up getting the money for it within eight days, which we were really surprised about.
0: Out of interest, you don't have to share it, but how much money was involved? Uh,
2: one hundred
0: and fifty. So I have only over eight days, yep. and that was through an online crowdfunding exercise, mm-hmm. was it? So that's seven acres.
2: Seven acres, yeah.
0: I've asked the question before what crops are in there and I was c- told quite shortly, no, there's all the infrastructure that needs to be developed. So tell us a little bit about the infrastructure and then, Mayor, we'll go to you because I want to hear about some of the future plans as well once all this infrastructure's in and we've got plants growing. But, Kath, the infrastructure.
2: We're completely off-grid. We don't want to inter- interrupt or disrupt country too much. So yep. we're a um, shed, solar powers. The water system, because we call it upside-down country because of gold rush, there's a lot of country that's been yep. hurt or in pain, so we have to put back into country. And we have wicking beds for some of the sh- more short-term plants to at least have, and you know, it's going to take a while. People talk about bush tucker. Most bush tucker takes a while, and you know that we're okay with that. We're building this up for the young people and the next generations to come. So, yeah, wicker beds. We work with um, Middleton Prison Corrections, so they've been propagating for us. Um, I've been going in there during COVID and working with the guys in there doing bush tucker. So when we're talking about what plants, yeah, it's a constant conversation with them, with the youth. What are we going to do? We, we would love it to be all Indigenous to the area, but most of that's underground where we are. So we're trying to bring in crops that will... Hopefully, give us money one day, but also to for edu- for education.
0: So, what are some of those crops then? Um, Let me pin you down to a name a few. Do you want, come do you want
2: me to, yeah, May can do that. Yeah, May, yeah,
0: please. May's been
1: planting them. So, some of the crops that the Bush Tucker Crew just planted, we have Rivermint, Crystal pig face, Ruby Saltbush, Lemon Myrtle, Native Raspberry, and then we've just planted some flax as well for weaving. So, we've got those currently in the wicking beds, um, just to get them started.
0: And I assume it's going to be a fair while. You're not looking to become this self determining and financially viable organisation overnight. So there's a bit of a long range view on this. Mayor, I'll stay with you. How long are we looking at?
1: Well, hopefully not too long, but <laughs> um, I guess in the next kind of few years, we'll get plants growing. We'll keep working on the infrastructure. We'll eventually have the education centre there, and it'll eventually just be a hub for bush tucker and for mob and for education and kind of that love and care that Naldoran puts into all the members to just bring in that cultural support and care. We're making it like an RDO, like a registered training. That's that one of the dreams. We have lots
0: of dreams. There's nothing wrong with having lots of dreams. So become up. a
2: registered training organisation because we would think our mob need to, you know, not only meet the um, assessment criteria for a horticultural conservation land management, but through our way, our Indigenous lens over the top of it. You're right. And there's a lot of mob that are keen. Well, they come out and they're going, who's this? And I said, this is all of yours. This is home. This is, you know, we brought it back
0: for mob. So do you actually have young people working on that acreage now?
2: At the moment,
1: yes, we've got an awesome team. I think I'm just covering for someone at the moment, jumping in to help out. So I think there's four people total, me as an add-on, and they're all people that have been part of run and The Meeting Place and all of our programs since they were young. Um, and it's really cool to see them grow up and be such strong, proud young individuals who are working really hard on the bush tucker farm to make it what it is.
0: And we're talking about becoming a financially viable organisation going forward from the commercial aspect there's the rto aspect then there's this commercial enterprise side of things what do you see as being the cash crops
1: the cash crops at the moment i believe is particularly lemon myrtle because we're able to pick the leaves without having to like pull out the tree at all yep. so that's probably going to be a big one
2: can you think of any others, Mum? So all the myrtles, four, the four myrtles at some point. I think then, you know, looking at native thyme, you know, the old man weed. But we, again, it's we're at the learning stage. You know, it's about, we're, we're hanging out with other mob, working out, you know, what are they doing? We don't want to compete with other mob.
0: You mentioned that one of the challenges you have without calling it a challenge as such that you, you need to learn that there's an experimental stage when it comes to the horticulture, what are some of the specific challenges that you have come across in just this particular area, apart from trying to determine the knowledge?
2: I don't think we're the only Aboriginal people that feel it. We, you know, we know we sort of feel like at times we're in regards to qualifications that you know because of all the trauma and colonisation, it's taken us a while to catch up, I suppose, with qualifications and in mob trusting that they can pretty much do anything. And so, I think the one of the issues is a lot of mob really believing in themselves but once we bring them in as you know some of our kids have been hanging out with us for over 12 years i've known them since they're little babies and now they're running programs so you know when you've got mob hanging out with mob on country our kids are thriving so you know that's becoming less of an issue we're seeing what we've seen all the years that we've been doing this yeah our way as hard as that has been at times works
0: 12 months down the track where do you hope to be with this horticultural Kath? first you then we're going to go to maya
2: i would love to have the education building started because we are running out all our programs out of different places we want to all be in together and it looked pretty cool all mobs have um, been involved in the architecture of it so i'd love to be starting that at least and that we're building we're building on what we've got and you know, my dream is being out there on the land with... We've got 20 staff now, part-time. Mm. Um, you know, sitting out there in offices or hanging out. We've got a ceremony circle and fire pits all over the place. And, you know, having people in, the, in doing the propagating in the greenhouse, others doing work out there, others were doing programs, you know. Yeah, that's the dream I have.
0: Maya, how does your dream align with that? Or have you got different components to that dream?
2: Oh, well, that dream sounds absolutely
1: amazing. I would love that. <laughs> I think... Just starting working on the bush tucker farm and getting started on it. Um, The main thing is I want to have an awesome water system set up. Um, And I would like to see more of our young people out doing the horticultural side of things and the bush tucker side. I'd like to be able to eat some of our own produce. I think that'd be really exciting. So hopefully some things are ready by then. Yeah, I'm just really excited to see where it's going to go. I think it's going to be a really exciting next step.
0: Well, now that we've got your goals and ambitions for the next 12 months... The last question, which is just a simple yes or no response, how about I come out in 12 months' time and we have a look and see how far we've actually gone with that dream? What do you reckon, Kath? Love it. Maya?
1: Yeah, I think that sounds great.
0: Well, Kath cough, Maya cough. thank you so much indeed for sharing not just your dreams but all your, your hard work uh, that you've achieved over the past 12 months with us here on the podcast. Thank you so much and respect to both of you. Right. Thank,
1: thank respect you so much. to you. Thank you, Uncle.